Hi, it's really great to have you with us. I'm Rob Porter, my wife Heather and I have the amazing privilege of being the senior pastors at Kingdom Culture Church in Burpengary, Queensland. We have an incredible preaching team and I hope that this message will encourage and bless you as you listen. All right. Let's take this. Uh... All right. It's okay. Talk amongst yourselves. Don't actually. Let's get set up. There we go. So, Caleb's got a hands, not have, doesn't have a hands-free microphone this morning. What is going on? It might be a spirit without measure morning. <laughs> it might be uh, the work of the Holy Spirit uh, series. And something that I just wanted to start with, this isn't something we do because it's a cute idea, because we have the brand Pentecostal, because it looks good for the Instagram, because it's... We actually do this as a response to Holy Spirit. Our, our senior pastors are actually deeply prophetic leaders, um, sometimes to a frustrating extent. Um, for those of us who are more like, yeah, but how does that measure out? And every time, so, many, so often there's been a moment that I've gone, that won't work, that doesn't make sense. And then it does. I'm just being honest up here. It's like, oh, let's do a legacy offering right before Christmas. It's a response to Holy Spirit. It's a response to the voice of God. And I thought that thing was going to fall flat, and it didn't. So this, this morning, this series, this isn't us trying to twist the Holy Spirit's arm. We're actually responding to the voice of God. God has actually said, for four weeks, I want to do something spiritually. I want to do, the Holy Spirit wants to move this morning. He wants to move for these four weeks. And so we have the opportunity to respond to that. Because we can sometimes treat the Holy Spirit like a little add-on extra, Right? Something that we can get accused of is emphasizing the Holy Spirit too much. Because culturally, we're so used to de-emphasizing the Holy Spirit, to having a church where the Trinity is reduced to two. It's a maths problem. And so, when we choose to focus our attention on the Holy Spirit and and bring Him to a level in our hearts and in our esteem and in our teaching on par with the Father and the Son, it looks like we're so focused on that and focused on nothing else, when actually what's happening is we're bringing Holy Spirit as a member of the Godhead into His rightful place. Because what we're talking about this morning, we're going to pray for everyone this morning. Again, not because it'll look good for Instagram to see everyone be prayed for, but we're responding to the Holy Spirit, because what we're talking about this morning, what I'm talking about this morning, what I hope you receive this morning, and when we pray, the reason we're praying for everyone this morning is because this is a matter of life and death. This isn't just a cute little thing, right? So, Jesus said, the wages of sin are death, but I have come that you may have life and life in abundance. Then, died, resurrected, just as he was before he was ascending, he says, it is better than I, that I go, otherwise I wouldn't be able to send the advocate, the helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit to you. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. You've been traveling with me for three years, but some of the stuff that you need to hear, you're not ready for yet. However, when he the Spirit of truth has come. He will guide you in all truth. He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, and He, not me, He will glorify me, for He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. 
all things the Father have, um, has are mine, therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So that's the, that's the really short, uh, truncated history of there was the only view that the Israelites had was, was of, of God. They didn't really see the, the Father, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus comes, he reveals God's nature in physical form. Then he leaves and he sends the Holy Spirit. And so that's why it's so important that we understand the work of the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives, why the Holy Spirit is moving in our lives, why it's the Holy Spirit and no one else. Otherwise, we will worship God and we'll worship Jesus and we'll love Him, but we'll actually be missing the Spirit that is to lead us in all truth. And I feel like this is really important in this season, right? Who's a, who's a church mom here? Like a mom who goes to church, not a, like some weird culty thing. <laughs> church moms have this real knack, you know? You'll come in, Everyone else, how are you going? Oh, yeah, going good, brother. Oh, great. How are you going? Going good, brother. How are you? Then a church mom, how are you going? Yeah, I'm going good. Yeah, how are you going? Yeah, I'm going good. Mm. How are you going? <laughs> it's been a bit hard. And so I want to ask you this morning, how are you going? How are we doing this morning? But how are we really? How are we actually going? Because what I've observed in this season, in my own life and the life of others, is that maybe some things that we thought were attributes of ourselves were actually attributes of our season. So I want to ask the question, Something that I always ask whenever I get frustrated, whenever I get fed up, whenever I'm like, I wish things were different, is, God, what are you doing in this season? What are you doing in my life? Why have you... We've got to believe a little bit. I believe in free will. I believe that we have choices. I believe there are consequences of those choices. But we do have to believe somewhat in the sovereignty of God, don't we? We have to believe that God has His hand on our lives and we're where we're at for a reason and for a purpose. Isn't it interesting that... In a season where before everything happened, the conversation was around room makers, making room, going to our private space and making room for God, making room for the Holy Spirit. Isn't it interesting that uh, our senior pastors have had so many words and feelings to lead towards a women's conference that's orientated towards um, intercessional prayer, towards fasting, towards prayer and adoration, 100 hours of prayer, to, to some of these like deeper things of the Spirit in a season that all of a sudden kicked off to church services are going to be disrupted, we're not always going to be able to meet together, we're going to have to be much more intentional with fellowship, and sometimes our church experience is going to be in our own homes. Maybe there's something in that. I don't think that, you know, God works in a lab in Wuhan. Um, but we've got to believe that God actually has a purpose and a plan for this season, and actually wants to do something in our lives. Because we talk about the deep things of God, right? Now, I used, to, I used to be a bit of a stoner. I know, right? Me. A game I like to play is to stand next to um, Brad Riddle and say, one of us is a school teacher and one of us used to smoke a lot of weed. Can you guess who's who? <laughs> 
And so I'm used to deep conversations. You know, what if like the world, like is the universe is like in an atom and atoms have universes in them. Nothing's been said. Nothing actually deep has been discussed. It's all actually surface, but you put on a bit of a voice so it sounds deep. That's not what we're talking about. I want to actually use different language. I wanted to use the word centered. So what does it mean to be centered? To be centered means that you have a consistent display of inner values. Your inner values are expressed outly consistently. Because what happens sometimes, we will think we have the inner value, or we will have the inner value of treating everybody kindly, but we also have an inner value of, I need to look after myself. And then when they get outworked, we find there's an inconsistency in our values, there's an inconsistency in our behavior. And so sometimes we're really kind to people, and sometimes we're really protective of ourselves. So what actually is our identity? And so to be centered is to be in a place where your inner values are actually what gets outworked. Not your stress, not your anxiety, not your fear. Some of us thought we were very peaceful people, but it turned out we're only peaceful when we agree with the government and when we're not in a pandemic and when everyone agrees with us and when we're very, very comfortable. When things got disrupted, we found out that we're not actually peaceful people. We're agitated people. We're angry people. We're people that need to prove that we're right, that we need to let everyone know what our opinion is on current events. We didn't actually, re we thought we were peaceful people, but we're not. Because what happened... Remember the start of 2020? You might forget some of these. We had, remember, you'll forget this one. Most of Australia was on fire. America and, and Russia looked like they were going to have nuclear war with each other. There was riots in Hong Kong and protests in America. That's before, like, the whole, like, whoops, I ate a monkey or a bat or whatever happened. And so what, what we can start asking is, what's going wrong with the world? What bizarre, strange thing is happening? Well, the bizarre, strange thing that happened was that for about 50 years in the West, there was a small period of stability. That was the weird thing that happened. That actually, if you look at history, if you look at the world, things are generally pretty chaotic. Things are pretty unstable. Things actually look like God had a perfect plan, but then humanity stuffed it up. Right? That's actually what the world looks like. And so what happens when we live in this bubble of we're comfortable, it's great, it's awesome, is that Christianity and salvation becomes about you were addicted to drugs or you were really wicked and then has nothing else to offer. Because there's not actually this realization that actually things aren't always okay, things aren't always stable, that actually I need a peace that goes beyond understanding, something that's actually stronger than my circumstance and my situation in order to just navigate this world. And so we actually have to be able to ask the question, what is Christ offering the rich, the wealthy, right? The, the people who've never had anything gone wrong, who were raised in a Christian home, who weren't out like I was working on their testimony for a bit, <laughs> but actually have the, a real testimony of I've always walked with God. What's actually their testimony? It's that if everything fell away, if I was left with nothing but a cardboard box to live in, I would be at peace because the, because the Prince of Peace lives in my heart. So, we want to pray for everyone this morning, so I'm not going to hang about. Psychologist Elizabeth Lewis Hall suggests that there's uh, five roles that the Holy Spirit plays amid our trials, amid difficulties. So, this is the purpose of spiritual encounter. This is the, this is the reason why the Holy Spirit encounters us, to comfort us, to enable us to persevere, to produce the fruit of the Spirit, 
to shape our longings through dependence on the Spirit and to provide confidence in God's final outcome. So let's get some Scripture going quickly, and then we can pray. So, John 14, 26. But the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things I said to you. So that word Comforter is... Damn it, I practiced this so much this morning. Parakletos, that's it. So, that word actually means more than just comforter. Because we think of comforter, we think someone who makes us feel nice. But actually, it is one who is summoned to one's aid, one who pleads another's case before a judge and an intercessor. There's actually, it's not just someone to come sit next to you and go like, how are we feeling, buddy? We doing Okay. Is actually something way more powerful than that. It is to give us a divine strength needed to enable us to undergo trials and persecution on behalf of the divine kingdom and to lead us to a deeper knowledge of the gospel truth. There's actually supposed to be something powerful and gritty, not just comforting, but actually a power. He shapes our longings through our dependence on the Spirit. He allows Christ to become Lord over more of our life basically. He enables us, He equips us in that way. Second Peter 1. His divine power has given us everything we need for godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Though he, the, through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through Him you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption of this world by evil desires. So it's not just, oh, we've got a better handle on controlling our desires. It's actually we've been saved from a corrupt world, from a corrupt condition, from a corrupt focus, and get to partake in God's divine nature. This is what we mean when we say we couldn't be saved, we couldn't outwork salvation on our own. We actually mean we need to partner with the Holy Spirit because it's beyond just behavior control. It's actually the ability to partner with God's nature a full sharing of the life of Christ in, insofar as humanely possible is what the Holy Spirit is enabling in that space. He produces the fruit of the Spirit. So we know the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things there is no law. So if you're going to say that I'm a Holy Spirit person, I'm a Holy Spirit man, I'm a Holy Spirit woman, you better be saying that you're a person of love, peace, kindness, gentleness. Not just I can pray for people well, not just I can get a word, but actually my character, my condition, what you see outworked from my life on a day-to-day basis comes from this place because I'm not relying on my own self. I'm actually centered. I'm pulled into a spiritual stuff. I'm not just sitting around in my thoughts and reacting. There's actually a spiritual thing going on. These are all things that I'm hoping will happen this morning. Believing for, that's the word. 2 Peter 1.5, continuing on there. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measures, so it's a process, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can actually have knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and be ineffective and unproductive in that if we're not being grown by the Holy Spirit in these traits. Can I get the band up? Whole band, let's go. 
He enables us to persevere. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Never. And then finally, he provides confidence in God's final outcome. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, when we hear that phrase, provide confidence in God's final outcome, we still think in earthly measures. We still think, yes, that's right. Jesus will come back and he'll have final victory over the world. I'm going to spend the rest of my life studying the book of Revelation because that's where the final thing happens. And I need to get it and I need to understand and I need to know exactly when it's happening. But it's actually saying, no, the, the final outcome that's so exciting is that we'll receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's actually what we should be excited about. Can I make it real simple for you? Okay. Because I, I, I actually have a diploma in, right? So... And I'm currently studying my master's. So I've actually pinpointed when Jesus is coming back. Right? It's within 120 years. Now, why do I say that? Because that's been true of every Christian who's ever lived. Right? Whether, whether everybody else sees him in 5,000 years or what, the, the maximum for you is 120 years. You will see Jesus. You will come before him. And so what is our final hope? That God's going to come down and tell Scott Morrison, you've been naughty, we should be having churches more often? Or is the final help that I'm going to be welcomed into the kingdom of heaven? That, in fact, I have been welcomed into the kingdom of heaven, and that's a place where I can position myself and live and exist and move out of. So when we're praying this morning, it's not just so that everyone will get prayed for and they'll have a good weekend and they'll feel good, but it's so that we can be strengthened in these things. That God can comfort us. I had a period where uh, I was hugely insomniac, like huge, like just unable to sleep. It felt some, some nights like I was so tired I could feel wriggling under my skin, just exhausted. Any parents in the house can probably get where I'm at here. Just exhausted and just unable to sleep. Perfect circumstances, it's quiet, it, and it's just racing, racing, racing. There was actually a period where I just one night got up and just... I put on shoes and just ran through the neighborhood because I was just so out of my mind with like the inability to sleep. It was uh, shaking me up. So I'm running through the the streets of uh, doesn't matter the suburb. Running through the running through the streets until I finally get to a place where I can just lay down on the ground and start praying through it with God. God, this is da 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 da. And I didn't get healed of insomnia right in that moment. There was a start of a journey there, but what I did feel in that moment was a comfort, was an awareness that God was with me. There's been other times where I've gone, God, this is so hard. This is so tough. Like, what's going on? And literally God's response to me was, I didn't promise you a stage or a title or a wage or a position within the church. I promised you that I'd never leave you or forsake you. And that's actually so, when we can come to that place, then nothing can be taken away. If our security is in Jesus Christ will never leave me or forsake me, I can actually stand stable no matter what's going on. Holy Spirit enables us to, will enable people in this morning, when we get prayed for, will enable us to persevere. I got hugely burnt out in church. Hugely burnt out. Like, actually, like not the way that people say it. Like, like actually a psychiatrist said, oh, like the nerve endings in parts of your brain have like fired out kind of thing. Actually, legitimately, if my house was on fire, I would have stayed in bed. I was just completely burnt out with the whole thing. 
God enabled me to persevere, not through just, oh, this sucks, and I feel bad, through the healing process. Because the healing process requires perseverance. Because the healing process requires God bringing to your attention all the things that actually, this is what you did wrong, this is where it was your fault, this is where you messed up, this is where it's not on everybody else. But actually, and then there's a comfort, there's a presence, there's an encouragement that comes through that allows us to persevere through that process of healing. This morning will get prayed for and it will produce the fruit of the Spirit. I've never f- been aware of fruit growing in my life during an easy season. Just leaving that one there. Shapes our longings. This morning, some of you, your, your longings will be shaped by dependence on the Holy Spirit. I've had some stuff that has taken me a big process. I've had some stuff that prayed for an altar call, spent so long trying not to swear, one altar call moment shifted, changed. It was, it was harder to swear than it had been to not swear. I've had other stuff that's been a journey, that's been a process, that's been God working in my life day by day. But this morning, some people are going to have your longings shaped through a dependence in the Spirit. And then finally, some of you this morning are going to grow in a confidence of God's final outcome for your life. You've been living a Christian life, but you're still scared of death. You're still scared of, am I approved? Am I actually held? Am I actually in God's hand? And God is going to bring you a confidence for the final outcome that, yes, you are my son or daughter in who I am well pleased. Can we all stand together? Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's message. Our hope is that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If not, we'd like to invite you to begin your journey with him today. When we read scripture, we see that sin separates us from God, but that our relationship with God is restored by salvation through Jesus Christ. This happens because God gave Jesus his son to die in our place, to deal with the sin problem, and he rose again so that we can have eternal life with him. If we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, we can know salvation today. If you're ready to do that and turn from a life of sin, then pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Saviour. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time today, we would love to know and reach out to you and support you. So please contact us at hello at kingdomculturechurch.com.au.